Welcome everyone to Business Talk. Business Talk is all about what it sounds like. We're going to talk business and the ins and outs of small business ownership. My name is David Shoup and I'm your fearless leader through our journey together of entrepreneurship and all that it entails. This is the show for the world of the entrepreneur. Whether you aspire to own your own business or you already do, you may be looking for help, for resources on how to do this either A, at all, or B, just plain better. And that's what we're going to be doing together. Entrepreneurs, we're just different. And I say that with all due respect. It takes a special kind of person to look at a situation and go, how can I sell this? How can I structure this? How can I organize this into its own thing? Especially when we're doing this for the first time, it's definitely not easy. And so if you're going down this road, maybe for the first time, I welcome you to Business Talk and I hope it helps. This show is all about the entrepreneurial way of life, plain and simple. We're going to be talking about the small business owner and all that it entails to be a small business owner. What works when running your small business? What doesn't work? How to set up a business? How to hire employees? Fund your venture? Solicit investors? What kind of contracts do you need to protect yourself and your business? And so much more. And I'm going to be bringing in a whole host of experts as guests to the show that will share with you their expertise in regards to their business that to help your business. I'll be bringing in CPAs, HR consultants, financial advisors, business coaches, insurance brokers, and a whole host of different kinds of attorneys. You know how much you love hearing from those guys related to small business ownership that will be here to help you to run and operate your small business more successfully and more profitably. Before I continue, allow me to, to introduce myself to you just a little bit more. Like I said, my name is David Shoup. I'm a corporate and business attorney here in the state of California, and I own and operate two law firms with my wife, Andrea Shoup, here in Southern California, both based out of the city of Murrieta. One is Shoup Legal, which is an estate planning law firm where we help you plan today for peace of mind tomorrow. And the second is called the Veterans Business Law Group, where we serve the veteran and patriotic entrepreneur with all of their small business legal needs with strength and honor. Before we continue, I want to let you know how you can get in touch with me. If you have a business legal question that you would like answered, you can submit your question to me via email at info at bztalk.net. That's info at b is in bravo, z is in zulu, talk.net. Let's face it. You've got legal questions pertaining to small business, and I want to answer them for you. Give me your questions at info at bztalk.net. I believe that the life of the entrepreneur is truly a special calling. We need all the support we can get because, let's face it, a large part of the economy of this country is built on the backs of the small business owner. So consider this show my token of appreciation and way of teaming up together with you in your journey as an entrepreneur. That's why I created this show. I'm giving you what I wish I had as a small business owner from the very beginning. And during each show together, we're going to talk business so I can help you build successful and profitable small businesses. Okay, I'm going to be giving you the answers to the kinds of questions that I get day in and day out as a licensed business attorney. I'll be sharing with you my successes, my failures, and those from those I know and have worked with. Today, we have got a lot in store for you. Today is going to be all about how to hire an employee the right way. We're going to be diving into several critical topics all about the fun world of HR as it relates to small business ownership. We're going to cover the process of how to hire an employee. 
What can you ask in an interview? What taxes do you need to pay? How much should you pay your employee? And so much more. Today is going to be action-packed, so don't miss out on a minute of this valuable content. Ultimately, I want you to succeed, so let's talk business. Today, I have a very special guest with me that I'd like to introduce to you all, and that is Deneen Ashworth from Compass HR. Deneen is an expert in all things HR and the owner of Compass HR. She's going to be here to tackle HR for the small business owner one step at a time. So first off, Deneen, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> Absolutely. So the first question I have for you is tell me about yourself and your business. Absolutely. So I hold certifications through HRCI and SHRM. Um, I have been married for almost 28 years, and my husband and I also work together, just like you and your wife work together. It's yeah. interesting some days. Yeah, yeah it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> some days. Yeah, some days. <laughs> I actually started my career life as a special education teacher, but retired when I had children. I was kind of a stay-at-home mom, but always had some kind of side hustle going, from tutoring to advocating and classroom observations. I fell into the business world. It was actually on accident. Mm. I was at, with my husband at a Marietta Chamber of Commerce mixer, and I'm a natural extrovert. I'm super energetic. I don't know if that comes through or not. <laughs> um, but while we, he was talking to someone, I wandered off on my own and found myself talking about his services for his business. He immediately recruited me, and the rest is history. After a while, while meeting with the customers that I was converting, I realized they needed help that he wasn't able to provide with his business. I started my own business. I got certified. I surrounded myself with people that I needed to be surrounded with, legislators, business attorneys like yourself, <laughs> um, and voila. Um, right now I'm serving as the chair of the Marietta Wildemar Chamber of Commerce, and I sit on the council for Southwest California Ledge Council, and I'm also passionate about having a voice on behalf of my fellow small business owners and strive to be heard with my legislative representatives. Hmm. That is that is amazing. Thank you for being so involved in our community and uh, really what you're what you're giving back is invaluable. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about your business. My business is really about helping the small to medium business owner navigate all of the tricky HR rules that are always shifting and changing in California. Yeah, isn't that fun? Oh, <laughs> every day I have to keep up with it. Yeah. Um, the rules in California are vastly different than any other state. L literally, California is the only state that has a separate HR certification. Wow. No other state has that. Uh, I usually start with a client or someone who's opening a business with an HR checkup so I can develop a customized game plan for each client to fit their needs. I like to fit into their business, not force them to fit into mine. Most of my clients find the services are beneficial from a budget standpoint. I really do cost less than a full-time HR person. Mm. Plus, having an outside person sometimes is an extra added benefit for that as well. Um, we do anything from project-based services to email and telephone help and even help some clients regularly in person. I currently have two employees, and I actually have to do the same stuff I'm bossing everybody around to do. <laughs> I have to do it because I have staff as well. So my employees are also trained on the rules, so they know if I'm stepping out of line. <laughs> they can keep you accountable. <laughs> they sure can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. So, listen, HR is something that, I mean, even, I, I will say that before I was an attorney, 
I didn't really know what it is or really what it was. What does it include? What does it mean? It's just like this this kind of phantom concept that um, you're not really sure what it is. So can you break this down and why it's so important for uh, small business owners to know and understand? Absolutely. So HR stands for human resources. And it's really anything that has to do with your employees from hiring to firing and really everything in between, which is a lot. You don't think it is, but when you get your first hire, you'll realize it's a lot. Um, There's so much in the middle, like disciplinary actions, handbooks, new hire documents, job descriptions, accommodations, training, compensation, leaves of absence, benefits. I really could go on for hours. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Keep on going. (laughs) (laughs) So small business owners have to follow a lot of the same rules that larger companies have to follow. They just may not know it. They don't Mm -hmm. have someone in-house who's keeping up on all of that. Every year, our legislature creates new laws that businesses have to comply with. And then there are lawsuits that happen in the middle of the year that change the way we have to do things. An example of that was there was a lawsuit that came down with meal breaks and not being able to round for meal breaks, for round, mm. rounding with your timekeeping practices. Mid-year, you have to know it and you have to comply immediately. Wow. Uh, because those things are always shifting, it's important to have someone in your corner to help you comply so you can focus on what generates revenue in your own business and right. grow your own business. Unfortunately, one innocent mishap can change the course of your business for life. For example, if you fail to pay an employee for even an hour of time, the penalties can be astronomical and trigger a class action lawsuit. Wow. Yeah, you definitely want to avoid that, guys. Whoever's listening here, if you're not familiar with what it's like to get sued, it is not fun. Okay? It is not fun. And I say that with all respect to all of my litigator friends out there. (laughs) So really, Deneen, one thing that you really do is you're helping uh, business owners take off a couple of their hats, right? So they, you know, we as entrepreneurs wear a lot of different hats. You know, the HR hat, maybe not something that you want to wear, right? (laughs) I mean, I do, but most (laughs) business owners do not. My husband, we operate our businesses together in the same building. He doesn't want to wear the HR hat or not. And a lot of times he doesn't want to follow the HR rules. So it does make it spicy and interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, the last several weeks I've been really focusing on how to start a business right Mm -hmm. from the very beginning um, I love it it's something that I you know I'm really passionate about and starting from you know how to structure your business and and one topic that really comes up from the very beginning is the very first employee that you bring on it is so exciting it could be a little nerve-wracking because there's so many rules and so uh, can you break down uh, to us you know kind of step by step of how a small business owner can bring in the first employee the right way. I absolutely can. And I'm just going to share with you what I do in my own company when I bring on a new hire. I recently hired someone in the last month. She's doing great. But I'll tell you how I brought her on. Um, I really try and narrow things down. I don't want to waste my time with unqualified or unwilling candidates. I have so many clients who just want to take every resume that comes in and interview them. I don't have the time for that. And most people do not have the time for that. Um, you know, I really, I try to narrow it down. Um, you're also required to keep documentations regarding any candidate for four years. So anyone you touch, you need to keep documentation of that. Filed away, e-file, secure though. Uh, the first thing I decide, I post a, a job opening on Indeed. If you have five or more employees, you also have to include the pay range for mm. that position. That's a new law for this year. 
you have to use compliant language within that job opening. You have to make sure it's not going to violate any of the protected classes hmm. or anything like that. When the resumes start coming in, you know, you have to screen them. You know, yeah. sometimes I get some interesting resumes when I'm posting for an HR professional. I'm not even I'm not even going to take the time. You know, <laughs> they need to I need to know what I'm looking for and I need to know ahead of time and screen them. Those that pass, I'm going to phone screen. I'm going to call them. I don't let them know I'm calling them because I want to hear how they answer the phone when they're not expecting a phone interview. Maybe it's not fair. Maybe it is. I need my people to I, – you know, I called someone once, and it was literally <laughs> – I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and I just said, thank you so much for your time. I'll let you know if you're going to move on in the interview process. There was just no need to – go on from there. They're talking to my clients. I care about my clients. They can't move on. They mm. need to be able to talk. Um, I do a phone screening. I ask specific questions to determine if we want to move forward. One of the questions is, what's your expectation of a salary range? I ask this for two reasons. Number one, I post that amount on Indeed. So I want to know, are they paying attention to details? My human resources people need to pay attention to those details. Um, if it's not in my budget, again, we don't want to keep going down the road. I had someone sure. once where I phone screened for a receptionist position, entry level. She was looking for 35. My posting, not even close. I, I told her, I am so sorry. I can't come close to that amount. You've, I've had a lovely conversation with you, but I'm not going to waste your time anymore. I wish you good luck. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, after that, we do the one-on-one -on -one interview, and I bring them in just to talk with me, just general questions. I do not ask questions like, what are your strengths and weaknesses? I don't want to know what they've practiced. <laughs> I don't want to know that. I want to know who they are and what they're really about. Panel interview. Mine are really a lot of fun. My actual first question is red vines or Twizzlers and why? <laughs> I have a reason for that. I really <laughs> do. I mean, I like red vines, of course. Oh. <laughs> Twizzlers, Come on. whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. But if they say Twizzlers, I'll say, oh, you know, I want someone who c has the ability to push back on me and to stand up. If they said Twizzlers and I said, ew, red vines are better, and they caved and said red vines, number one, I want employees who are also going to be able to have ideas and share with me. Number two, sometimes clients don't want to do the right thing. And if they're that easily pushed over about Red Vines or Twizzlers, when we're talking about overtime and a client doesn't want to give an employee overtime, I need that. Mm -hmm. I need mm -hmm. them to be able to do that for me. Um, I can train skill. I can't train a good fit. So a lot of my questions have to do with culture of the company and my key characteristics. Mm. Wow mm. with customer service is one of them. I'll ask them, what was your best customer service experience and what made it so good? What was your worst as a customer? Not right. as you giving the service. I want to know if they think about good customer service. What was your worst? Why? And what would you have done to make it better in their place? Um, if they pass the panel interview, I determine which candidate I want to hire. I'm picky. My employees actually added, told me to say, say you're picky, say you're picky. I'm picky. <laughs> um, I give a verbal offer. I will call them and give them the wage. And I follow with a written job offer with contingencies because I do background checks. My mm. people are driving. My people are going into other people's businesses. I need to know what's going on. 
Unfortunately, one of the laws proposed for next year may eliminate the right of employers to do background checks, but that's a whole other topic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so don't just assume you can do them. Keep, keep in the loop. Um, then the first day of work, the adventure begins. Right, right. Outstanding. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And on the first day of work, they're going to do onboarding. It's not just the I-9 and the W-4. There's actually 18 to 20 required documents, notices, and pamphlets. You have to have your labor law posters up. You want to introduce them around, and you want to train them from the beginning. Wow. Yeah, that, that is so thorough. Thank you so much for breaking that down for us because there's going to be business owners that are going to be listening that are going to be hiring their first employee, and this is truly a guide for them. So uh, thank you. That, that, was, uh, that was amazing. So let's say that I did exactly what you recommended here, and I found a few qualified applicants. What can I ask in an interview? Right. Some things literally are just none of our business. <laughs> I had a client at one point. He was bound and determined that he, we fought, not fought. I mean, we didn't fight. Like, we didn't get to fists or anything. <laughs> but he insisted that he needed to ask employees if they had children. Um, no. And he's like, yes. And we literally went back, no, yes, no, yes. Some of my clients are a little salty with me. I consult right back at them. Um, I finally said, why do you need to know this? And he said, well, I need to know if they can get to work on time. And I said, stop being passive aggressive then and just ask if they can get to work on time. <laughs> if there's anything that could prevent them from getting to work on time. You need to be careful that you don't ask anything that uncovers a medical condition, marital status, sexual orientation, gender. Mm -hmm. There are 18 protected classes. You don't want to uncover anything of that nature. You need to really stick to job-related questions. I know red vines and twizzlers are not it's not a job really it is a job related question though because <laughs> what i'm measuring is their ability to stick with their their gut um you know we want to be careful some things some of my clients want to ask are the one um what's your maiden name it could look like you're trying to see what their nationality is mm, interesting mm -hmm, absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah not appropriate what's your age not appropriate. <laughs> if you're over 40, you're in a protected class. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. So we've got so far the, now we've got our employee. Uh, we talked about that and now, now we need to structure the kind of the day to day for your employee, right? So a lot of that I've, uh, you know, is covered in an employee handbook, but does an employer really need that? Are they required to use that? It's not a requirement. It's not a legal requirement. However, some of the things that you need to communicate in that are legally required. Um, for one, every employer has to have a sexual harassment, discrimination, and retaliation prevention policy. And that has to be signed and it has to be in writing. It's just the pamphlet that the state gives out really isn't enough. Those are usually in a handbook. You know, I do recommend one. I use them so many times if I'm writing someone up, I'll go back and quote a policy. It's just a stronger stance. Unfortunately, there are performance issues. If you can go back to your handbook and a written expectation, it's just so much stronger for you. It also leads to less emotionality in mm. a meeting like that because it's not, I feel like this, you know, as an employer, it's, right. hey, this is the standard. You're not meeting it. How are we going to get you there? It's a different, it's a coaching conversation rather than a pointing the finger and shaking your finger at them and saying, you did not do that. You know, we don't need to be angry about it. Just show the standard, give the expectation, and how are you going to get there? 
kind of situation. It also would define sick pay. Every employer in California has to give sick pay. Um, there are legally required leaves of absences that you really need to communicate to employees. Um, meal and rest break policies, having those rules is key. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's a lot of, and I may have a chance to talk about it, but there's a lot of litigation about meal and rest break policies. If you have, or meal and rest break violations, if you have a policy in place, so much better for you. It's just a, a strong legal place to stand on. That's really interesting. It's so important for employers and business owners to make sure that they're properly set up, going to be properly protected, because when that day comes, and it will come, guys, when you need to bring in the expert to bail you out of trouble, you need to have your ducks in a row so that way you can actually have a basis for your own protection. And speaking of kind of some legalities that you brought up and some requirements, Let's talk about taxation, <laughs> right? Yay. Yeah, yeah, yay. Um, but seriously now, um, as an employer with employees, what taxes are you required to pay? Kind of give us a breakdown. Yeah, absolutely. So for payroll taxes, the employer has to pay for state unemployment, federal unemployment, Medicare, employment training tax, and Social Security. The employer also is obligated to withhold correctly the following employee taxes, federal income, state income withholding, state disability, Social Security, and Medicare. For a very rough estimate, for a first-time employer, it's about 11.5% of gross payroll that the employer will owe the various government entities. They also have to be deposited in a timely manner. So for every $100, you're really paying $111.50 that go to the five different places. And then you're also withholding the employee's tax, so maybe they're keeping $86 and everything in the middle needs to go to the proper places. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not a CPA, but I know from experience, (laughs) there's also corporate taxes. If you have um, products and not services, there's sales tax as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah, really good, yeah. Guys, just make sure that you're doing this the right way uh, and that you're not violating. You definitely don't want to uh, upset the IRS or anyone that's supposed to be, you're supposed to be paying taxes to because that's not a good thing, a good spot to be in, okay? So speaking of payments, we're gonna talk next about compensation, okay? And how uh, how much should people be paying their employees? Can you break that down to us? Absolutely. Currently minimum wage is 1550. It goes up every year. Other cities have different rules, though. Hmm. For example, in San Diego, if an employee works two hours in any one given work week, they're then going to make San Diego minimum wage, which is sixteen thirty an hour, for the rest of the year. Sick pay also differs per location. Not all locations, but San Diego, L.A., I'm not going to be able to name them all, Emeryville, Berkeley, San Francisco, they all have different rules for minimum wage and for paid sick leave. For salaried employees or exempt employees, they're exempt from overtime, exempt from meal break. The minimum salary right now this year is 64480 with exceptions for a few that could be higher or lower. An exempt employee also has to pass that duties test. You can't just make anyone you know wave a wand and say your salary they have to do specific duties which generally means they're either a professional or operating fairly independently while supervising employees i recommend speaking to hr or an attorney before classifying someone as exempt because it, mm. it, it can be tricky 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of of tricky, I know you've got a lot of stories, right? I sure do. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, interesting things that you've come in contact with. Um, but really, what are the core critical things that a new small business owner should know in the HR area? Absolutely. Meal breaks are key. I am seeing so many meal break situations, and it's so sad for me. They have to be taken by the fifth hour of work. Specifically in labor code, it says four hours, 59 minutes. The employee has to clock out by then. It has to be at least 30 minutes of uninterrupted time. Penalties are huge. Um, I had a client the other day. They had one bilingual employee who was on a meal break. A potential client came in who was only spoke Spanish. They're like, hey, I've got this. No big deal. I'm going to clock back in for my lunch. I'll come and deal with this prospective client, sold the deal, went back, clocked back out, and finished the last 10 minutes of his break. They called me and said, is this compliant? And I said, no, he actually has to start his whole break over mm. because it was interrupted in the middle. So that penalizes the employee as well as the employer. We talked about it a little bit, and I said, you know, the penalty is one hour of their pay to have a non-compliant meal break. In this case, doing a cost analysis, you made that up by signing this client. So maybe just let him have the benefit and just pay him for the extra hour, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the penalties are huge. Like I said, one, one mistake is one hour at the regular rate of pay, which is a weighted average of their hourly compensation, plus any kind of non-discretionary bonus, commission, or other kinds of incentive pay. Um, rest breaks just have to, uh, in the meal breaks, rest breaks have to be available. The same penalties apply, but the employer has to make them available. They don't have to force the employee to take them. Whereas a meal break, the employee can't say, I don't want to take my meal break. Mm -hmm. The employer is obligated to make sure that employee takes that meal break. If you're retail, I would make sure you have some kind of schedule that shows when your employees are breaking. So if it you got called into question. It's like, no, here's the schedule. Here is how we're breaking people. There is a quote unquote breaker who comes in to cover you if you want your break. Another area that can be something that you really need to watch for is timekeeping. You really need to formally track time. From the time an employee clocks in until they clock out, anytime they're doing work, they need to be clocked in. It needs to be accurate and documented. There's so many timekeeping systems available from the old Fred Flintstone clunk clunk machine (laughs) where you put the time card in um, all the way up to something on your cell phone, software, biometric devices. Really, there's just tons of options out there. A timesheet where the employee clocks in at literally 8 o'clock every single day is not going to look really accurate because the likelihood of someone arriving to work and starting work at the same exact time every single day, probably not very high. Mm-hmm. It, the, they, it might be 7.59, it might be 8.03 if they're really good. Sometimes it's gonna be 8.15, sometimes it's gonna be 8.30. You know, they the courts really wanna see that accurate depiction of when they're clocking in and out. If it's a meal break, there's no rounding. I think by the end of this year, or the end of next year, we're going to see no rounding for any kind of timekeeping whatsoever. So it's really best to just do it accurately. Another area would be independent contractor classifications. Sometimes people hear all of these rules 
And they're like, never mind. Let's just bring them in as an independent contractor. They just do their job, and I don't have to worry about all of this stuff. It's so difficult in California to classify a worker this way. Recent-ish lawsuits, laws, there's a stringent ABC test that has to be followed. That's a whole other. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I could talk on that for an hour. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's rough. Um, another thing, reimbursement. So if you've had employees working from home, if they're using their car to go places, there's times you need to reimburse them if they're doing things for the benefit of the company. There's actually was a lawsuit that I heard at a ledge conference last year that someone was actually suing for increased usage of toilet paper during the pandemic because they were working from home. <laughs> I don't know where that went. There hasn't been any gr- groundbreaking yeah. decisions, so I'm guessing it probably got thrown out. Some, I'm hoping it got <laughs> thrown out. <laughs> it's hard to put a price on toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, especially at Costco. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all remember those days. Yes. So, yeah. Okay, great, great. Well, Deneen, thank you so much for being here. This has been truly amazing uh, to go through all this with you. If someone wanted to reach you, how could they get in touch with you? Um, Absolutely. They can reach out on my website. It's www.mycompasshr.com. I've got a landing page. It goes straight to my email. You can email me at Deneen at mycompasshr.com. Or you can schedule a free checkup at 951-412-5263. Oh, thank you so much, Deneen. Guys, we have covered a ton of stuff in our show together today. We've talked about what is HR and why is it important for small business owners, how to hire an employee the correct way, what you can ask for in an interview, what you need in regards to your employee handbook, specific taxes you need to pay, and so much more has just truly been uh, uh, just a wealth of information that Deneen has brought to the table today. Uh, so thank you, uh, Deneen, for that. And guys, this may have been confusing. You may have questions. I encourage you to send me your legal questions via email. If you have any questions about starting your own business or any of the content today, you can, of course, reach out to Deneen, or you can reach out to me at info at bztalk.com. Now, in our next show, we're going to continue going through the topic of the new business startup with a discussion of how to fund your business. Okay, You will not want to miss out on this one. So hopefully this has been helpful for everyone. And don't forget, email me your business questions about today's show or just in general at info at bztalk.net. So take care, stay safe, and to all my entrepreneurs out there, good luck building each of your empires. Take care.